Aloha, everybody. You're listening to Unshackled Liberty. This is episode 11. Today is March 28th, 2020. I'll probably release this episode on the 30th or 31st of March, Monday or Tuesday of the week. Uh, Today's guest is Lita Adriana, the National Director of United for Freedom. She's a conservative freelance writer and political activist. Today's topic is on abortion and the pro-life movement within the liberty and conservative movements. Uh, We spent some time talking about biblical and scriptural positions, and also uh, the God's natural law, natural law positions, and also the rights versus responsibilities when it comes to this issue. Um, this, this, This episode is bound to not make us a lot of friends, but we are a principled libertarian show with Christian roots. Hang on for the ride. I hope you enjoy it. We had a great conversation. Thank you. This is episode 11 of Unshackled Liberty. We have a very special guest with us, Lita Adriana, who is the National Director of United for Freedom. She's a conservative freelance writer and political activist. Uh, Lita, thank you so much for joining us today uh, with this very important conversation we're about to have. Oh, well, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> so for, for those of those of you guys listening, uh, you might notice a little bit different uh, audio quality. I think we're doing fine, but just in case there's some issues, we we had to work in a, 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 a kind of a kind of a Frankenstein approach to to kind of make all the calls work. Lita is calling from uh, where would you say the middle of uh, the middle of nowhere? <laughs> yeah, the middle of the boondocks. I'm in yeah. the middle of the boondocks. If you're familiar with that, that's awesome. All right, <laughs> not yeah. just I like the boondocks. <laughs> well, thanks for thanks for joining us. So. The the episode we're gonna we're gonna be talking about here, and, and the reason why we have um, Lita joining us is we're gonna be talking about abortion, and that's a real hot button issue for a lot of Americans, and and rightly so. I think it's it's important that we look at it with a sober mind and and understand what it is that we're trying to talk about. Lita's gonna bring in her approach, and I think she I think you'll find that we all, or at least I, align myself with her, and I'm sure Gumbo does as well. I don't want to speak for Gumbo, but but, but, but we've talked about this before, and I think I think you're going to find that Leah aligns herself with us, and we'll probably get into some theological stuff, um, which is good because this is a Christian show. Um, and what we'll do then is probably tie in some some libertarian and anarcho philosophy as well uh, with this too. So we'll bring in probably the, the non-aggression principle, and I don't want to dive in too much, but I want to kind of hand it over to, to Lita and. Just kind of let you take it away. Um, so go ahead. What do you got? Okay. Okay. Well, first I want to start. I want to let everybody know, um, your listeners, that uh, I'm an um, abolitionist, um, and I believe that um, all life is precious, just as the Bible tells us from cover to cover. Um, I think that it's important um, that we first distinguish natural law. Um, and moral law as opposed to man-made law. And, um, and I think that if we, if we go back to some of the early philosophers, you know, Aristotle and some of the early Greek philosophers, they were great purveyors of, of uh, natural law. Um, here in America, we had, you know, of course, several, but John Locke speaks to me probably better than any of them do. Um, right. He believed that the purpose of the government is to secure and protect the God-given unalienable natural rights of the people, and that's all people. Um, uh, he and I step, differ on some things, just a lot of, like a lot of libertarians and, and, and cats uh-huh. uh, do. We, we, I don't necessarily believe that that, um, that secure, security and protection of our God-given freedoms automatically uh, creates a contract between us and the government. I don't believe that, whereas John Locke kind of did, um, because I do believe um, that we are to stay within the natural law and obey God's law. Um, exactly. and whereas he believed that, you know, we were supposed to obey law no matter how 
heinous or erroneous it was, uh, man-made law. And and I don't believe that because I believe and that, that, that's men, a reference men can be to, fallible. Correct. That's a reference to the social contract you'll hear people talk about from time to time. And, and I also agree that that's just a myth. You know, contracts are supposed right. to be contracts are supposed to be voluntary. You enter into a contract with with at least at least some level of acknowledgement of what you're entering into. Uh, the social contract states that because you live within a certain boundary, uh, you you are beholden to the ruling powers of that boundary, right? So, and, or something to that effect. I'm probably I'm not paraphrasing. There's and I mean, what is what is a social contract? It's not just kind of a theory. There's nothing really written down as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only we know what is best for us and for ours. Um, I believe that it is our responsibility to analyze human nature, to deduce binding of nature's or God's creation of reality of mankind. You know, so if, in other words, yeah. I believe that you know we are to use what we what we were created to believe um, based off of His purpose and His plan for us. Um, you know, we're supposed to use, utilize that and not necessarily man-made law because we know that men are fallible and men get it very, very wrong. Um, and, you know, so so I don't necessarily subscribe to his ideology that we are under an automatic contract, but I do believe that he he got it right when uh, he, he described what the actual purpose of the government was was supposed to be, was intended to be. Um, and that was to secure and protect the God-given unalienable natural rights of all people, Correct. born, unborn. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so I wanted to kind of make sure that everybody understood where I stand um, with, with, with my thinking in, in regards to life, um, natural law, uh, you know, with any, with any topic, life exactly. or any other topic for that matter. Um, can, I, can I pause you there for a second? Can I pause you there for a second? Just, um, mm-hmm. so for, for, um, you know, I want to I want to jump in with my own personal views on this stuff too as we go, and, and you'll find I think sure. we, we align ourselves quite a bit. The uh, I'm not, you know, in my in my political philosophy of anti politics, I, I I'm not entirely convinced that the government should even exist, right? Period. But but then right. that's a but. If the government should exist, much like you've been talking about, it exists for the purpose of defending the rights of the individual. And the rights of the individual, as John Locke would say, would be life, liberty, and property, right? Yes. And uh, yes. so mm-hmm. for me, life means life. And if the government is going to exist, it is to defend those those Lockean rights. And if it can't defend the rights of the most defenseless person, which would be an unborn mm-hmm. child, then it is unfit mm-hmm. to exist. And uh, that's, you know, I, so, so well, I, that, that, I just wanted to kind of add that as, as as Q's personal little spice into this conversation, because I agree with everything you're saying. And in the event that the government can't secure the rights of the unborn, then it is unfit to exist as an organization, from my perspective. Absolutely. Now, you might not feel the same way, but that's, well, yeah. Well, so I, want to I believe that, that our founders fun. felt that way. Exactly. Okay. I truly okay. believe that our founders felt exactly the same way, Q. Actually, um, I mean, you look at the Declaration of Independence, where it says it states, "We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that uh, they are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness." Correct. Um, yeah. Our founders believed exactly the same thing. It goes without saying. It never. It, it never even should. If you think about it. In the Constitution, there is no text that uh, that, that denies life, that, that explicitly holding unborn children to be or not to be a person. Um, so, you know, there, our founders never dreamed that we would be in a situation where this would even be a question. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, and they, and they, they, I, you can't imagine that, I mean, this is... Anyway, yeah, you're right. They they couldn't have imagined this, and they and they wouldn't have. Like, I I think that they 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 considered the morality of the American people to be um, something that just would have to continue if the state if the nation was to continue the way it is or the way they intended it to, right? Mm. So, 
Right, right. Well, and then you look at the Fifth and the Fourteenth Amendment, um, and the Fifth uh, Amendment has uh, an explicit requirement that the federal government not deprive individuals of life, liberty, and property uh, without due process of the law and an implicit guarantee that each person receive equal protection of, of, uh, of the laws. So, you know, maybe they did. Um, and I know that that's a, you know, a broad spectrum when you're talking about life, you're talking about, you know, birth to the tomb. Um, so you you can't deny somebody the right. And that's what I have a really hard time with, with a lot of libertarians, um, you know, that are pro-abortion. Yeah. Because it's amazing to me that these people will defend to their death the right for somebody to own a gun or to defend themselves, but they won't defend their right to live. I can't – it's beyond anything I can comprehend because that, that is the most – without a doubt, inherent, God-given right of all rights is the right to live. And I think that's the big flaw that. in the liberty. Yeah, I think that's the big flaw in the liberty movement. Um, I've, I've said oftentimes, and, I, and I'm probably going to catch some heat from, from other libertarians, you know, small L, big L, whether it be partisan or nonpartisan or other anarcho types, right? That's, and I'm fine with that. I, you know, um, I'll catch heat. This is the hill I'm prepared to die on. You know, I'll catch heat for this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we libertarians, whether, again, small L or big L and whatever anarcho-type you subscribe to, if at all, if we as libertarians are supposed to be principled, because that's what we do. We hang our hat on the fact that we are principled. Come hell or high water, outnumbered by the majority, every time we hold on to our principles. And among those principles, we, we view freedom and liberty as, a, as two, two, you know, they're two-sided coins, right? You have your rights on one side and responsibilities on the other side, right? So, for a libertarian to take the view of, you know, an ab- abortion being something that is okay, to me, I think is in, is in I don't think it's in uh, in line with the non-aggression principle. You know, you're 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 aggressing against a person who has done nothing wrong, has done nothing but exist, and you're removing that person's right to life. Keeping in mind that that person you're exists, aggress- you're you're aggressing against the most innocent. Yeah, the the most innocent, and yeah, among us, and and that person exists because of the actions of a free individual. You know, because of the rights of a free individual, somebody engaged in you know certain behaviors. We know what those behaviors are. We don't need to get graphic on the show, but somebody engages on these in these specific behaviors, and the outcome of that is a life. The right to engage in those behaviors comes with the responsibility to accept what happens. Okay. And and yeah. and I think that's the biggest thing. And you know, somebody's gonna, you know, there's somebody out there with a giant brain who's going to, you know, pick this argument apart and bring all these different nuances in and out. But uh, but fundamentally, here's the argument: you engage in sexual behavior voluntarily, you voluntarily accept the the results of that behavior, and mm-hmm. and it's not the person who's created, it's not their burden to bear. It's not their it's not their fault that they exist. And they shouldn't be executed because of it. And that's what we're doing. We're denying the right to life without due process, as you mentioned in the Fifth Amendment. And I think, and I think, you know, as a, as a Christian, I find that horrible. And as a libertarian, yeah. I find that completely inconsistent, um, to say the least. And and and, you know, it, it violates the non-aggression principle in a way that is that is unforgivable in my mind and in my heart. And I know that a lot of people are going to have a hard time with that. And I'm okay with it. Like I said, that's the hill I'm prepared to die on. I'll fight to the death. Um, and I just think it's inconsistent with libertarian thought. So uh, this being a libertarian show, I wanted to throw that out there. And I wanted to, you know, so go ahead. Lita, keep going. You're, you're doing great. And I, and, yeah. And I well, I want to ask. doing that as we go. And there's a little thing I want to add. I, it, up, I encourage you to do this. Yeah, no, I want, to, I want to add to that because you just made a very valid point. Um, for me, the pro-abortion movement as a whole, um, and, and I'm not a libertarian, so I can I can be very frank about what I believe. Uh, yeah. For the most part, libertarians are individualists, um, and, and yeah. that that is something that you know, and they're very proud individualists. Um, but the whole a pro-abortion movement to me is a very collective, tribalistic mentality, um, and, and that doesn't mean that libertarians are part of the pro-abortion movement, and that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that idea that idea. Uh, that um, that a woman's body is somehow the entire world's business and responsibility is a very collectivist mindset. But I believe that they that 
many in the pro-abortion movement have been groomed to believe that because I want you to think about, for example, Roe versus Wade. Uh, it was okay even for people that claimed to be pro-life because she was raped or it was, you know, or and you'll hear people say, and this really bugs me in the pro-life movement, when you hear somebody go, I'm pro-life except they're poor and they can't yeah. afford any children. I'm pro-life yeah. except this, that, or the other. I don't think you get to make those exceptions if you call yourself pro-life. And I think yeah. that it has been, the pro-life movement has been so diluted um, over time, over especially over the 46-year history of Roe versus Wade, um, it has been uh, so diluted to, so that people call themselves pro-life, but you would be surprised at how many people go, oh, well, I'm cool with, uh, you know, first trimester abortions. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm pro-life, pro they have then. so many, yeah, they have so many different asterisks to that. It's like, how do you, exactly. yourself, yeah, how do you yourself pro-life, yeah. And, uh, and it, so it, that it, it, to me, black and white, is it life or death? And, and, and that's, that's the choice you have to make. And, and, and if they can find the argument and I'm not, you know, I'm not in, in support of this argument necessarily either, but um, if they can find the argument to the 1% of the cases that involve rape or incest, then, then, then you, then we have a legitimate argument. Even then it's wrong. Cause even then it's a mm-hmm. lie, but, but even then you can at least have a logical and rational conversation. Anything outside of those one percent? I mean, I'm not, maybe it's maybe it's a little more one percent. I'm not sure, but I know that it was it was numbers approaching zero the last time I looked it up. How many abortions were uh, a result of rape or incest? Right. So it was numbers approaching zero statistically. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. if we can find the argument just to those parameters, then we can actually have a logical discussion. Um, but everything else outside of those parameters comes to the point of convenience. It's convenient to take a life, and that to me is frightening that we would even consider that as a as a as a moral and just and civilized society that that it's that it's mm-hmm. because it because of convenience we'll just end the life. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's horrible. Yeah, right. And that leads Chad. It really is. In Gumbo it really you're right. It's it's devastatingly sad because and, and you think about it and you, you actually hit on something too because um what you'll see and you said that the incidence right now of, of abortion for rapes um is virtually zero. Watch how that would change if that were the only legal recourse for abortion. Watch That's how a good that point. would change. And then and then all of a sudden everybody will have been raped and that will be yeah. you know. Yeah. So that would that would completely reverse. And so yeah. if you start making exceptions for yeah, so I agree with you that it does open that up for conversation because that that's a conversation to be had. But it's you you have to understand that people will utilize that and use that Absolutely. to their benefit to be able to get what they you know. It and so we the, have to yeah, understand. It changes the parameters, you're right, because it changes the parameters of the case. Yeah. And if, when it's her word against everybody else's, it's like, okay, well, you know, you know, you can't tell me I wasn't raped, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you have, and I'm I'm a I'm a big big Justin Amash supporter. I, I really, really like Justin Amash. I think he's fantastic. I think um, he and I align on so many uh, areas politically. Um, and he had a show where, and I was really curious to find out exactly where he stood on abortion. And I was really, really pleased to learn that he is 100% pro-life with the only exception being the life of the mother. And, you know, I thought about that for a little while, and I thought, okay, well, I can understand that. That's a position that I can kind of understand because morally, how do you say a life for a life? And yeah. uh, I don't know that there is a right answer to that. You know, I don't know if there, I don't know if God would say, well, you were wrong to abort that baby to save that mother, or you were wrong. To, which one would it be? You're wrong to do this, or you're wrong to do that. You're wrong either way. There are so, there are hard, so, there you know, are hard I don't medical know th- questions that are being asked and answered all the time on an operating room table. There are hard medical questions that are being asked all day, asked and answered all the time in, the, in an emergency room. This is just another one of those hard mm-hmm. medical questions that need to be asked and answered and it's yeah. case by case when it comes to that situation. I, um, and again, you know, I'm, a, I'm I, I agree. I, it's hard and it, and it would be a conversation that would have to be made rationally with, with the people closest to the issue. This is, this, this should not be a national um, and you know it shouldn't be national involvement. They, you know the, the fact that the government's involved in this is, is is horrible because that issue, that specific event, whether you know the life of the mothers, had, had, I mean, I want to maintain a level of uh, I want to keep my composure here. <laughs> I don't want to be upset. Yeah, yeah. But 
uh, in the event that mom's life is on the line, the people that need to make that decision is mom, dad, and the doctor, and not the state, mm-hmm. in my mind, you know. Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So. Absolutely. And and I believe that, um, you know, we talk about scripture. I'd like to, if it's okay, I'd like to, you know, delve into a little scripture. Um, Please do. So that Please just do. to kind of yeah. provide a, to, to provide a basis for the natural, all the moral ide- ideology behind life. Um, and like I said earlier, from cover to cover of the Bible, both Old and New Testament, Scripture confirms that, first of all, life is precious. I mean, yes. you find mm-hmm. it all throughout Scripture, Genesis 2-7, Psalms one thirty nine fourteen, that says life is a precious gift from God, and it doesn't get any plainer than that. Um, so without a doubt, uh, God made it perfectly clear that life is, is a gift. It's, it's something that he has uh, that is inherent directly from him. It's given to us by him. Um, and, and so from a morality and the- theological perspective, there is no argument to be made against life um, from that perspective. And if you are a Christian, even if you're not a Christian, you know, morally and naturally, you have to understand that every life, whether it's an animal, whether it's a human, has a right to live. Um, and then, you know, it, it further, the Bible further confirms that all life is created to fulfill God's plan. I mean, Correct. you look at Jeremiah 1, 1 Peter 2, John 1, Isaiah 49, Exodus. And then, of course, my favorite is uh, Proverbs 19:21 that states that uh, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So it doesn't really matter what you want in your heart. What matters is is that God's plan prevails, yeah. and uh, His purpose for you pre- prevails. And we are robbing life, you know, all over America, thousands of times a day, of that opportunity to uh, fulfill God's purpose. And you know, and I think a lot of times, you know, how angry God must be at us as a people for what we have done. And you then you start then you you don't really wonder so much while we're suffering the way we're suffering with things, you know, and I'm going to throw the COVID-19 in. You can't really question that because you, you're like, well, look what we've done. You know, this is, he's, he's trying his best to wake us up. It's this yeah. issue is we've allowed one this of, to happen. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. This issue is one of the things that, that, that has encouraged me to recoil from, from involvement in the government to the state at all. Uh, it's well, you know, there's a few of them, public education, you know, taxation, all these things. I mean, you, we used to joke on, on Facebook all the time how often I would drop the, the, the taxation and theft one-liner. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the, this is one of the big ones that that, 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 that encouraged me to recoil at all because I just I don't want to consent. I don't consent. I don't consent to being involved in this. This is not – these are not – this is not my wish as an individual that my government, that my state, that my nation would be okay with abortion. And and the fact that it that it is so prevalent, so okay, at the national and state levels, makes me just want to go. Okay, fine. I'm gonna take my ball. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna be uninvolved as much as possible. I don't want to be in the middle of all of this because I do not consent to the behavior of the state. And uh, mm-hmm. and I think it's a national sin. I mean, from a Christian perspective, you're stepping back out of the out of the individual libertarian anarcho-capitalist uh, role. You know, person person that I am. And back into uh, you know being being a Christian, this is a national sin. This is a sin that we as a nation bear bear the responsibility for. And uh, you know it's one of those things. It doesn't matter if if you if you uh, believe it's a sin or not. It is. It's a it's a sin. It's an unfortunate action that we continue to be okay with. I mean, individually, we we are opposed to it, three of us, but. As a as a nation, this is something that we are continuing to carry out, and because of that, I've I've chosen to to recoil. I can't I can't be involved in this. I can't. Christians should not have their fingers on the on on the trigger, right? We should not be responsible for the death of an individual. And and I'm, and even as a gun rights guy, if you squeeze the trigger in anger, you're going to have some answering to do, righteous or not. Mm-hmm. You know whether you're doing it to save life or otherwise. You squeeze that trigger, you take a life. There's going to be some answering that you have to do for that, 
And as a Christian, that's a very yeah. heavy thing. If you take a life, that's a very heavy thing. You're snuffing out God's design. You know, as a Christian, we look at God and we look at how he created us in his image. And you go back to the Genesis story, everything else he spoke into existence, right? He created Adam yeah. and Eve with his hands. You understand, right? Like, you go back, yeah. everything else he spoke into existence, but he took the time to use his hands and craft us in his image. We are we are his handiwork. And if you if you destroy that yeah, if you destroy life, human life, you're you're destroying the image of God. And and there's gonna be there's gonna be a cost associated with that. And as a nation that we're okay with this, as a Christian I cannot be involved. That's one of the reasons why I pull back. It's one of the reasons, I mean, it's, and it's disgusting to me when we look at the politicians who run on this platform. Um, and again, my eyes have been open to this, and so I see it every time a politician runs on a pro-life platform. You like Justin Amash? Okay. I, 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 ha- I, I, I like some of the things he says. Like, I'm, I'm okay with, with, with his position on a lot of stuff. But when a politician, I'm not talking specifically about Justin Amash, but when a politician runs on a pro-life ticket, mm-hmm. and we had, you know, I'll look at the GOP as an example. They always run on a pro-life ticket. The GOP had the White House and both both houses of of, of Congress, the Senate and the, and the representatives, and did nothing. Did nothing of any for significance. Two for two years. Did nothing of any significance. So... I think a lot of Christians, when they when we when you go to the polls and you vote for a guy that says he's pro-life, understand that as long as abortion remains legal, he will always have an op he will always have an opportunity to run on a pro-life ticket. The moment abortion becomes something that is restricted by law, now you've taken a position away from that politician to run on. Now there's one less thing he can put in his platform, right? It's yeah. it's so Absolutely. so. He, it, so it's a it's a mind game that a lot of these politicians play. Whether or not they're actually pro-life, look at their record. They'll run on being a pro-life person because they're looking for votes. And as long as they have that ticket in their little in their little platform, they know they can count on the pro-life vote. So it's a game. It's a game they play. I'm sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent, but it, no, 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 no. It, I'd like to add to that because you're exactly right. And that two years over the course of that two years. Um, that the Republicans had control of a, a trifecta of power in Washington, D.C., actually. Um, yeah. They not only did they continue to fund Planned Parenthood, they increased Planned Parenthood, federal Planned Parenthood funding to the highest levels ever recorded in the 103-year history of Planned Parenthood. Not only that, it resulted in the highest number of abortions in the history mm. of America. Mm. That is with a Republican president, Republican, the two years of a Republican Senate and and House and the courts. So, um, and, you know, everybody says, oh, they're going to overturn Roe Roe versus Wade. I'm like, are you kidding me? That would be political suicide Uh, if they did that. They couldn't run on that if they did. Yeah. If they ran, if they did that, they couldn't run on being pro-life anymore because they would have, you know, like, like, look at, think about it for a minute. Like, and you, and you understand this. I'm just talking to, to the listeners. Think about that for a minute. If all of your pro-life politicians got together and succeeded in restricting access to abortion, even the slightest bit, they would no longer be able to run on that position. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do that. Yeah. They're lying to you. That's a, that's and a, pick that's any a, that's position. That's a game that they're playing. Yeah, any position, any position. But, right. you know, yeah, you're right, gun, gun, gun lobby and all that stuff, right? All the, all the, all the hot buttons mm-hmm. are like that because... If they make the change, then they no longer then they can no longer run on that platform. If they succeed, they can no longer if, run on that platform. So, right. And if that is your hot button issue, that guy is your man. He's going to make sure you think he is your man. Yep, He's exactly. going to be the mm-hmm. most pro two A. He's going to be the most pro life. He's going to be the most pro, limited yeah. government. He's you know whatever the case may be. Um, or the most anti. How about the Obamacare one? And you and I fought that together in the United for Freedom. And we did, just yeah. so everybody knows yeah. Yeah. Uh, that Q actually, Q and I actually worked together in United for Freedom to defeat um, uh, what, what was it? The uh, what was the name of that that bill? The McCarthy, not the McCarthy. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, I can't right uh, remember that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that and so we, we fought diligently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you were very active. You were very active in the group doing that. So, um, so yeah, we we worked hard, and uh, but we still wound up with government controlled health care. But hey, those politicians are going to run on the on repealing Obamacare next time. You mark that down. <laughs> Even though we still have a volunteer. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, if I can get back to the theology and, and, uh, but but you're right. All of those things that you're talking about are exactly right. And I can, you know, I can understand why you stepped away and I can understand why you kind of are where you are because even though I'm not quite there yet, I'm almost there. You know what I mean? I'm almost like, wait a minute. Come on over. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm like the robot moving in slow motion over in that direction. But I, I have so much fire in my belly. It's just so you. hard because I've been an activist. I've been an activist for life since I was 10. I was 10 years old wow. waving the, you know, the, the pro-abortion or the uh, pro-life signs, uh, anti-abortion signs off of the, the bypasses. And, you know, I was 10 years old. I was making the signs. I wasn't even old enough to be on the bypasses. So I would sit and make the signs and hand them to the adults that were on the bridges in overpasses. So, um, this has been, you know, something that's been a, a very, I've been very, very passionate about since I was old enough to even understand what it was. Uh, but when I very, you know, because you've got to think back, and I don't know if you, if how old you were when you first realized, but we had a neighbor, um, and, and her sister was my best friend, and we would play, and we were eight or nine years old, I guess, and she said, my sister went today and had an abortion. And I was like, well, what is that? And she said, it's a surgery. And so I went home and I asked my mom. And my mom was very, very frank with me and open with me about it. And as soon as she told me that, I remember going, what? How is that? You know, I was so confounded by that idea. How in the world could that happen? Anybody, how could anybody let that happen and I couldn't understand it. And I, I remember thinking that poor baby, you know, that didn't have a say in, in, in its mm-hmm. own life. And, you know, why I have to speak up for those babies because do they do this all the time? I remember asking my mom, is this normal? And she was like, well, people do it. It's it's legal. And uh, and I was like, that's, that's I want to change that. I remember telling her, I want to change that, mom. That's wrong. And um we had a very, very candid discussion about it, even at a very early age, because I was curious, and and it's just kind of stuck, and it's been with me ever since. And you know, and it goes back to my my understanding of God's law, moral law, and going back to some scripture. Um, every life has a purpose, and we, we learned in Psalm fifty-seven, Isaiah fifty-three, uh, that um, in Psalm in. 57.2, it says, I cry out to God who fulfills his purpose in me. Mm-hmm. And these babies don't get a chance to have their purpose fulfilled. And that is, uh, it, it was so disheartening to me as a child, and it still is as an adult. It, it's beyond anything I can comprehend. Um, and even sin, as Psalm 51.5 tells us, uh, no life is without purpose, even if it is conceived in sin. Um, and so that tells us a lot about what God feels, but God even tells us specifically how he feels um, when he commands us in, in Proverbs 24 that we are commanded to rescue those who are being taken away to death. And then Proverbs also goes on to tell us exactly how he feels about the, those who shed innocent blood um, in chapter 6. Uh, it's an abomination and they will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And um, so, and you talked about personal responsibility. Uh, that's something that me as a conservative or minarchist or whatever you want to call me, because I, I'm, I'm kind of homeless right now. I'm, I'm looking for a place to go guys. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm stuck between, between couches right now. Um, but personal responsibility is the cornerstone of my ideology, and it yeah. should be for most Christians, um, and it certainly should be for conservatives. But see, conservatives have the the, the whole the word conservative doesn't mean what it used to mean, not even close, it's, and it's it's so diluted and and it's without like, boundaries now. 
it's like capitalism. I'll tell you. And and you say, you know, a little bit off topic. I'm sorry. I won't, we'll come back. But you know, there's there's a couple of words out there where you wonder if it's even worth using them anymore. Um, and because they've been so yeah. they've been so hijacked by hijacked. Yeah, by the mm-hmm. left or or whoever else you want to, whatever by whoever, right? By the state, by the left, by the you know whoever. Um, they just conservative doesn't mean what it used to mean. Capitalism doesn't mean what it used to mean. Um, the, the 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 root definitions of these words have been have been completely um, changed. You know, so when you say conservative now, you're almost saying like people just assume you're a nationalist, right? Uh, when you say when you mm-hmm. say you know capitalist, they they assume that you're you know you're a you know a corporatist or or a crony capitalist. They don't understand what free markets are, and and so it might be worth even talking a little bit about that. Why 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 do people? I'm not sure if I was a conservative, and, and we talked a little bit. I am conservative. My personal life choices, the way I live my life, um, you know, I, I think I think. There's there's a lot of you know card carrying members of the Republican Party who would look at my life and go wow, that's more conservative than I, even anybody I know right so and that's just because of the way I choose to live it's, these are a choice this is a choice of lifestyle, um, but I don't think a lot of people understand what conservative is supposed to mean. Did you want to spend some time on that? Yeah, uh, I think that's a great topic. Um, okay. Do you have anything you want to add first, or do you want me to just? No, I, I want you to run with it because you know. I, I consider myself a conservative with the way I live my life, with the way I view my my uh, my role in the world, um, you know, in, in my community around me, uh, with my friends and my family and and the people I interface with. Um, I'm a libertarian, right? And I and I believe that in functionally, you don't hurt me, I won't hurt you. You don't take my stuff, I won't have a problem with you. You know, you, the way you live your life is the way you live your life, provided it doesn't hurt me and my family. And uh, and and I think that there's so for me that's that's what conservative is for me conservative is a lifestyle choice um, as far as mm-hmm. political politically I, I'd be interested in hearing you talk a little bit about that. Sure, um, that's that's a, a great topic. Um, well, for me that was not that was not what you was, asked. But that was not what was on the docket for this conversation, Lita. So I'm sorry that I just kind of threw that at you. If you're not ready, if you don't no, want to. No, it's but fine. Because that, that wasn't part of the agreement. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. that uh, I'll talk about it. Why by the moment? You know what I mean? <laughs> you guys know that I'll talk about anything you want to talk about, and I'll talk your head off about it. So especially when it comes to politics, I'm very passionate. Yeah. So, uh, But, yeah, for me, because if you ask a whole room full of conservatives what conservatism means to them, you're probably going to get a whole room full of different answers. Yeah. Uh, so for me, what conservatism means is precisely what you said. I mean, I, I, um, I live my life uh, to conserve. Conserve is, is uh, to conserve, and, and, and I mean that in, in, in every sense of the word. I'm a fiscal conservative. I am a social conservative. And I am a constitutional conservative, and I believe wholly in the founding of America, what the founding intent of America, and, and everything it stands for. Freedom, to me, um, because a lot of people are, are confused by, or are not really confused, or um, I guess what I'm trying to say is a lot of people don't understand, especially libertarians, my social views. Um, I am very much opposed to same-sex marriage, but not for the reasons that you would think, because frankly, I don't care what somebody does in their own bedroom. It doesn't have any impact on me whatsoever. What I have a problem with is that because we have been groomed the way we have been groomed in our society, that if we allow this uh, same-sex marriage ideology to take hold and become collectivist, become this new movement um, we will lose the First Amendment and uh, religious liberty. Um, and I've always believed that. And it, actually, there's been some some proof that that's been tried. I mean, you look at the, the, the Supreme Court cases that involve the bakeries and, and so yeah. forth, and they've tried. They've tried really hard to chip away at the religious liberty because they think it's, it's uh, biased. Um, when it, it actually is biased because it's supposed to be biased because what we believe based on what the Bible says or what I believe based on what the Bible says is that those who engage in homosexuality will not inherit the kingdom of heaven um, and that I am not supposed to facilitate that union. Um, that is my belief, and I have every right to that belief under the First Amendment. 
Um, yeah, and yeah. you don't have to like that. You don't have to like that. That doesn't mean I don't like you. In fact, I love you. And there is no greater love than wanting you to be in the kingdom of heaven with me. There's no greater love on earth than that. And I want everybody, I don't care if you're gay, yeah. straight, I don't care who you are, I want you to be in the kingdom of heaven with me. Um, and there is no greater love than that. And so it's, it's hard for people to understand where I come from um, in that regard, especially with my libertarian friends, because I have a whole lot of libertarian friends. Uh, and my, my, same thing with my views on immigration. I'm very anti-illegal immigration. But, Q, you have had some impact on me um, with that topic because I understand a little better now, thanks to you, um, some of the whole destroying the wealth, the welfare state yeah. ideas. Um, I understand that a whole lot better than I ever did before because it was always, get, you know, got to follow immigration law to the letter. And if we did that, everything would be okay. Well, that's not necessarily the case because we still have the the infrastructure, that, that, that welfare infrastructure underneath Correct. that underlying problem that is there. And you have to address that and you have to, you have to hit it right through the gut. Um, you have to. So you got to hit the foundation on that gonna... issue. Yeah, you have to hit the foundation yeah. of that issue, and the, and the foundation of that issue, and, and for me, it's the same thing with the same with the same sex marriage issue. The foundation is the state, right? If you're a Christian and you believe mm-hmm. that marriage is a, between a man and a woman, like I do, and like mm-hmm. you do, and I think and I think Jumbo does, right? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. If if you if you believe that, then there is no such thing as same sex marriage because marriage is between a man and a woman. So there's no such thing as same-sex marriage. So what we're really talking about is the government's role in deciding what two consenting adults can do with their own, in their own contract with each other, right? So um, mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree with you fundamentally that I'm opposed to same-sex marriage. I think where we differ is that I, I don't think government should be involved in marriage at all, period, full stop. It's not the government's job to determine whether or not me and my wife should be married. It's not, they've got nothing to do with it. I think that, right, right. You know? No, and I agree with you there. And I think that's the problem. That's the underlying problem is that we have allowed government to be involved in marriage. And it's the same thing uh, with, And so now that we, yeah. And now that we have, it's created this, you know, this, I'm not going to call it a constitutional crisis, but it kind of is because you have Abgravel versus Hodges and uh, then you have moral law and they completely conflict. Um, Well, it's like a, it's like a purposeful uh, blurring of the lines. You know, it's meant to be mm -hmm. confusing. It's meant to make you question what you believe. And I think that's a control tactic, you know, good point. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The government's good. good at that. They're really good. You know, you oh, look yeah. at how they they've designed their frameworks in the socioeconomic, you know, sectors sections of America. They they have designed this framework to control us. Well, they've done the same thing with um, social issues. And so, and I've asked I asked my girls. It's funny that we bring this up, and and this going I'm kind of going off onto a whole other topic, but we'll get right back. I promise. Um, I asked my girls the other day because I woke up and I always have all these thoughts running through my head in the morning. Sometimes I'll jot them down because y'all know I'm, I'm, I'm actually in the process of writing a book as well. So I'll wake up and I'll jot things down. And one of the things that, um, that came to my mind was I want to ask my girls what they think a snapshot of America would look like if we could instantly peel away all of the layers of government. If, if you were to take an instant snapshot of America, what would it look like? And I wanted to see what they thought. And one of my girls said, well, Mom, I could picture everybody huddled together in their own little socioeconomic bubbles, their old corners, you know, like, you know, where the government placed them. And I could see that being the case. And if there was a snapshot, it would look something like that. And they were right. I mean, if you think about it, you would be huddled together with your little class that the government, you know, has you trapped in. And you know, under their control, they've got their thumb on top of you. Uh, but then they, you peel it away and everybody's just there. So that was, you know, to think about that is, yeah, yeah. But, you know, 
again, we're going going back to the issue of life. I, I raised some pretty amazing kids, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So going back to the issue of life, and and you know, is, we talked about some of the theology. I was wondering if it'd be okay with you guys because I have um, I have a following on Facebook that a lot of my Facebook following are also abolitionists, and and they asked them before this show if they would give me some input or some if they had any questions or comments. And there's a few of them that I wanted to highlight. Would that be okay with you guys? That's fine. Yeah, go for it. Of course. Okay. Um, and, and this is on the issue of um, natural law and how it applies to life. And Stacey Hansen, my friend there on Facebook, says, the government, especially in the modern day, have proved over and over again that they are wrong on many levels of legislation. The murder of the unborn is the most heinous. It's the most heinous because it it is the legal butchering torture of the innocent. It's a form of eugenics that specifically targets the minorities and the poor. And because it's funded federally, those of us who would otherwise never choose to support it are forced to. Through our tax dollars, we're forced to support the abortion industry and the lies that surround it. It is the true shame of America. And yeah. kudos because I, she's exactly yeah. right. Well, that's that national yes. that yes. thing I was talking about. This is if you engage in you know, and, and this isn't the point fingers, man. I you know we're none of us are perfect, but if you engage in government, if you in my in my my own personal perspective, if you engage in government, if you if you vote, if you rally, if you do all these things, and 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 the system that you support legalizes the murder of babies, that's a national sin that you share in. Which is, you know, she hits it. She hits it on the head with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And John Poe Atkinson, another friend of mine there on Facebook, says our rights come from God, not the government. Very mm-hmm. simply put, but he's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, that's what I believe. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, and then Rosalind Downer, um, she's another uh, abolitionist friend of mine, says, my main argument against those believing human life is easily expendable and of little importance goes back to the beginning being created in God's image. Then believing the immutable word of God Almighty is sacrosanct. Man-made law being nothing but man-made and actually worthless in God's eyes, an abomination when they contradict God's holy word. Exactly. And... She's exactly right. So I want to thank y'all for letting me share those because no, those, um, those are good. Those know, are I good. Promise. Yeah, those are good. Sounds yeah. Good. Thanks for bringing that up. And thanks for and thanks for kind of kind of you know asking your, your Facebook following to to kind of uh, contribute to the show. So no, that's great. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah no, you. I was. I've been so excited about doing this show for so long. I was like, you know, I was getting everybody involved. And, you know, it, once we get it out, you know, United for Freedom and, and you know, on, on the Facebook thing, a lot of people are going to be checking it out. They're going to be curious about you guys because this is a fantastic thing you guys are doing because there's not a whole lot of, especially from, from a minarchist or conservative or libertarian perspective, there's not a whole lot of these out there. And we latch on to them when we find them. So, you, you know, you're going to pick up some some listeners because there's a lot of folks that need to hear it. They're thirsty for it. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I, I would say, that. too, um, uh, so a lot of this stuff, I would say, would be Q's wheelhouse. And, and I'm, I, I, need to, I need to do a lot of work on myself, you know, as we all do, because I'm not real clear on where I, where I land in some cases. But I do know one thing that I am very clear about, and that's the, the whole abortion issue. It's. I, I'm not for it. I think it should be gutted. It should be got. We should get rid of it, and we should be ashamed of ourselves that we've allowed it to get to this point. And because um, mm-hmm. uh, you have you have herds of protesters and and uh, uh, crowds of people that are indoctrinated into thinking that because we might be against abortion, we're oppressing them, and it's such a psychological, spiritual. It's a warfare, and it's a. Uh, uh, we got to be very careful and very clear, and everything else will fall in its place. But and on this subject, yeah, we have to stand firm and plant our feet on the ground and hold. Mm-hmm. And that's where I well am. Said, and you, you and I are well on the said. exact same page there. Awesome. Yeah, I agree 100%, Gumbo. Wow. So, hey, we, we, we said a lot. What, what else? Did you have anything else you wanted to, you wanted to bring up and talk about? 
with regard to this uh, topic? I mean, where do you say? I, I have a. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You were going to say something. Yeah. So <laughs> I get. So uh, if anybody's interested, if you know, any listeners are interested um, on on uh, checking out some of the facts and figures um, with regarding to, with regard to this topic of abortion, I'm going to say this name wrong because I've never heard it spoken. I've only read it. It's Gutmatcher Institute. That's G U T T M A C H E R Institute at Gutmatcher dot org. And um, I found mm-hmm. when I was doing this work, kind of kind of doing a little bit of, of uh, a lookup before the show. Um, their numbers are way more accurate than the government sources. And, and so, from what I look at, I look at that, of course, as a libertarian, I go, of course, they're more accurate than the government because you know they're private, they're private sector. So. Um, <laughs> They're more accurate than anything. The government doesn't get anything right. No, yeah, they basically suck at everything. So, um, but no, so that's I'm gonna, like I said, I might I might have mispronounced that. Because I've never heard it said, but I but I but I've read it. It's gutnatcher.org, and I don't know if you wanted to say anything about okay. that. If you've done any look, if you've not gotten any information from those guys. You know, I, I remember I can recall pulling up statistics from that site before. Um, yeah. I, I, it wouldn't be one that I would I would memorize, you know, um, unless it was something I was like, oh wow, you know. But I remember pulling statistics from that site before. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm with you there. Is everything that I've found there is is accurate and it seems to be, um, yeah. without doing any you know immediate research. Um, it seems to and be that everything best, I've gotten as there best is as I factual. Can tell, as best as I can tell, they're not biased. I mean. Um, you know, of course, being pro-life, I want I want everything to swing my way when I'm doing the research. I want every I want everybody to, to I want everything that that they post to swing and yell and scream uh, pro-life stuff. But they actually do, as far as I'm concerned, in, a, in an issue that's so hard to maintain a level of neutrality. And I don't I don't envy them trying to do this because, frankly, to me, there's no neutral ground. You're either mm-hmm. well, you know how I feel. We all feel the same way. And uh, so for them to be able to try and 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 keep that neutrality I'm impressed with, even though I know that I wouldn't have been able to do it. So um, that's right. a good source of information. Did you have anything else you wanted to cite? Any any information sources you want to bring up? Uh, well, you know, I, I I, there's not any like... Pro- <laughs> No, and, and no, actually there are some sites that I would like to plug if it's okay, but no, they're not going to be necessarily life sites because I, I don't trust any of the – as far as activism goes, I'm, yeah. I'm so disillusioned with all of them at this point. I, uh, I don't want to, to do any of those. But a place where I get – and it's actually – I'm a freelance writer for this site, um, and I provide a lot of my information there, um, but I haven't in quite some time because I don't know. I have a shoulder issue. You, you guys don't know the whole story. Well, Q knows some of it, but – um, I have a shoulder injury, and I haven't been able to write in some time. But um, but I do have material there. And uh, Strident, the Strident Conservative over there with David Leach, um, okay. for any of the people that are listening that are conservatives or conservative-leaning or conservatarians or whatever you want to call it, minarchist, whatever you want to call yourself right now, that is a mm-hmm. place where I've landed. And um, Shannon Joy, um, and you, I'm sure you're familiar with Shannon Joy. She is at uh, WAM 1180. And she has the show, and she is who I listen to regularly. Um, and I've actually started listening to you guys a lot too. So uh, I have my Shannon Joy and my Unshackled Liberty uh, set up <laughs> set up on on autoplay. <laughs> so uh, so whenever it comes out, I'm alerted. Well, and I actually do it because at night when I'm when everybody else is in bed and I'm by myself, I take the time to to do my listening. And there's not very much to listen to anymore because you know who's going to listen to Rush? Who's going to listen to the others that are just you know blowing smoke? Um, you know, you, one one week they're crying because Obama's got you know his uh, bailout package and it's three hundred billion that you know this is going on four years ago, and then you got them you know hailing a six point two trillion dollar Stimulus bailout, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they just now. murdered the so, dollar. I mean, it's, they just murdered the dollar. With that. It is yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's a whole nother topic for a whole nother show, but you absolutely. are so right. Yeah. Yeah. Murdered the dollar and the economy and yeah. freedom, in my opinion, yeah. because you're going to have people. You know, it's it's amazing to me, guys, and this is this is probably the 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 worst part of all of what is going on right now is to watch how easily 
people are willing to be manipulated for a little bit of the idea of a little bit of security. Uh, watching them just fold like a, de- a cheap suit. Um, oh yeah. You know, so, you, you to me, if you hear the word Stafford Act, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, what? You know, hold on. Every every warning flag and the you know that I have in my disposal goes flying. While everybody else is like, oh no, they have to be locked in their houses. Like, whoa, wait a minute, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? They have to be locked in their houses. No, 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 no. That's not how we do this. No, know? this isn't how we do it. This um, isn't how free people live. Free people don't get locked in their houses no. without, without due process. That's not how this goes. You know. I was, uh, on a, I was on a call. I was on a call the other night that was supposed to be a, a conservative group of people, and I actually had somebody tell me that the people that were leaving, this, the well people who were leaving New York to escape the virus, were immoral for taking their families and leaving to go to Florida. I'm like, what? What do you mean they're immoral? I'd be doing the same thing, and anybody in their <laughs> yeah. right mind would, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, they're trying to get out of there, and if they can, go good for them. And I would get, I'd, you know, I said I'd give them a shotgun lead out of the state if I could. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, because good for them if they're able to get out and get their families to safety. Yeah. So those, all those preppers don't seem so crazy now, do they? You know, no. I mean, when you, I mean, we can we can talk about the numbers of the coronavirus and, and whether or not you can believe them and all this stuff. But but the fact of the matter is, there's a handful of handful of people out there that that, that took their supplies and their ammo and they're up in their fortified fortified uh, little mountain oasis, you know, waiting for the rest of us to get you know eaten by a virus in our lungs. You know what I mean? Like so, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't seem so nuts now, do they? And uh, those are the free people. No. They, they they saw it coming and they acted correctly. And and uh, you know on the on the note you said with regard to the loss of liberty with the with the, the people living um, being you know with those well we're being all kind of shut up a little bit some worse than others but in Honolulu County they were there I see two people the other day for 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 uh, disobeying the stay at home order so basically they're going to put us all under house arrest with with no due process wow. and then they're going to lock you in a cage if you if you if you if you resist. And uh, so how's that freedom? How's that freedom working out for you guys? Um, no. Yeah, and that's exactly. just, that just shows to show you. I mean, the Constitution is dead when it comes to this. I mean, this, I mean, that's not a, that's not a popular take. I'm sure I'm going to kiss me for that, but you know, I mean, I don't care. Like the Constitution's dead. You can lock somebody up for, for not obeying the house arrest order. You know, how's that freedom? You know, where's their, where's their uh, liberty there? And I mean, totally off topic. You know, but <laughs> But since we're talking about it, but, yeah, no, and that leads me to this because I actually, you know, I told you I wake up in the morning, in my brain. I woke, I woke up this morning, and I, I've been gearing up and preparing for this show. But this entered my mind, and it leads. It's a kind of a uh, you just led me into this. Is that over the course of you know history, American history, there have been thousands and thousands of times that come to mind that the government should have been overthrown. And I, and I know that I'm getting into some pretty heavy stuff, but it's true. I mean, you think about throughout history, and I mean, there's many instances. And so, I, you know, one of the questions that I wanted to ask my girls is post-Civil War, you know, we won't even get into any of the pre-Civil War stuff, but post-Civil War, what is the what is the event that comes to mind the most when it, there would have been the greatest argument for overthrowing the government? And, you know, one of my girls said, oh, my gosh, Mom, there's so many. And, mm. you know, she was like, I don't know, probably the New Deal or something like that. And I'm like, no, let's go earlier than that. Let's talk about the implementation of the federal income tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like, oh, yeah, you know. And so you think about it and you see how, you know, how the government can just kind of weasel its way right in and they they you know and the way that they went about that was so um oh wow what word am i looking for it was crooked. so manipulative the word you're looking for is crooked yeah, crooked. yeah. <laughs> i mean because you know, the supreme court had already ruled against it yeah. and they went and they amend they made an amendment the 16th amendment of the constitution um, and made the people believe that you know and completely null and made the supreme court ruling completely null and void yeah uh, and it was, it, so, and what that did was provide provide unchecked power to grow the government exponentially and indefinitely, mm-hmm. and uh, you know just through stealing from the people, you know. 
Exactly. And now they, do, now they don't and even so need taxes. They don't even need taxes because they just print money out of thin air. But they tax us anyway as right. a control mechanism. But they still take their taxes, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bigly. Bigly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, right. yeah, but no, this, yeah, so that, and I didn't mean to get off into that because I've enjoyed so much talking about life and um, getting into some of those theological aspects and it's certainly the the natural and constitutional aspects of, of that topic. And I really appreciate you guys allowing me to do that. And, and more so, I really appreciate you guys working with me with this time and the, in the audio issues that we would have had, had we not been able to do it this way and cue you rock for getting, for getting that worked out. Um, yeah, and yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate you and Gumbo both for allowing me on today. Well, I think, I thank you for coming. And, and this is a very important topic. I'm glad that we had a chance to talk about it. And, and uh, you're, you're right to bring up uh, scripture. You know, anybody out there that, that, that considers himself a Christian that, that that supports any abortion in any way, shape, or form has got some serious answers to do to their God. Um, those out there that, that, that are not Christians and consider themselves libertarian or anarchists in any way, shape, or form, I think you need to take a real hard look in the mirror and understand what the non-aggression principle is and what responsibility means and what freedom actually is uh, with regard to this very specific issue. So, um, I, Lita, I'm going to go ahead and, and Gumbo, if you've got nothing else to add, I'm going to go ahead and end this here again. I, I thank you very much for uh, for coming on the show and, and sharing with us, and I want to be able to do it again. We, we touched on a couple of other topics. Maybe it'd be interesting to 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 kind of take take them down a little bit deeper and see see where we go with, with those. Uh, so let's get back on Twitter and, and get into our little chat group there and figure out what when the next time Oh, no, I'm excited. I'm excited to come back. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Have a good, have a good one. Have a good night. Okay. Bye-bye. You do as well. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Q underscore abolitionist. My co-host is at CryptoGumbo, and our show page is at Unshackled underscore L. Uh, if you like the content that we're creating and would like to help us make more, you can support us at anchor.fm slash unshackledliberty or patreon.com slash unshackledliberty. Thank you for your time. Every little bit helps. And remember, freedom does not require permission. <laughs>